It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Ralph Lawler. Welcome to the Love the Jam podcast. <laughs> What's up, everyone? It's the Live the Jam, the podcast. I'm Chapon coming to you with Mike Jaglin, the Jaguar. What's up, Jag? <laughs> I mean, Storman Norman, not your average Norman. I mean, Stor- what are the nicknames that we're coming up with? I have no, I have no idea. I, I don't know if there's a good one there already. We're gonna discuss that too. We're also here with Jamal Christopher at Jam Christopher on Twitter. Uh, what's up, Jamal? What up, what up, what up? How are you tonight, man? I'm doing good. Uh, the Clippers, uh, not so good. 137-113 against the Milwaukee Bucks, who were just like unconscious from three. I think they shot 14 for 20 in the second half from three. They shot 19 for 38 from three for the game. They, they're, you know, a top 10 three-point shooting team. They have a lot of good shooters out there, but they're 36%. Uh, from three on the season they went well above that um the clippers really were after a decent first quarter that saw them outscore the bucks or it was a close game but they outscored the bucks 32 to 28 where things looked rolling a little bit they kind of got stifled by that bucks switch heavy defense uh couldn't really get much going to the rim um, they played better in the second half, but I think the, the Bucks were just on fire. The Clippers actually scored 62 points in the second half, but the Bucks were rolling a little too much. Norman Powell is the story of the game. The newest Los Angeles Clipper who was uh, sent out in a deal we talked about on the on a previous pod, um, essentially getting Robert Covington, Norman Powell for Keon Bled and Justice Winslow. Um, Norman Powell had 28 points today on nine for 16 from the field, four for eight from three, four assists, uh, looked really comfortable out there and is already the best clipper, I think on this team. I, I, I don't even know if it's particularly close with hands how poorly down. Reggie's playing hands, hands down. down. It, it's, uh, he was a bit of a revelation today and what was otherwise kind of a throwaway game. I don't even think the Clippers played completely terribly. I think they came up against, a very good Bucks team that was clicking, particularly in that second half. Um, Jamal, we can start with you. Uh, wh- what were your big takeaways from this game today? Man, a lot of a lot of what you say. You know, um, I don't think the Clippers played bad either. Um, I actually thought the Clippers uh, they were right there with the Bucks, and then Norman Powell got his third, and then once he right, went to the right. bench, the offense just really stalled. And, yeah, the switch-heavy defense, um, once Norman went to the bench, that defense kind of 
presented the Clippers with problems that have been there all year, which is like, you know, when a team switches like that, you got to have guys that can break the defense down, puncture the defense, draw to make plays for others. And that's why, you know, I was clamoring uh, all week that, you know, I thought it would be, or I was hoping it was like CJ McCollum. And if not him, somebody that can actually like puncture the defense, because, you know, we were just talking about it. If it's not somebody puncturing the defense, and Reggie Jackson doesn't have it going, it often ends up in a Marcus Morris post-up, and, you know, sometimes that can be hit or miss. So um, I thought there was a stretch in the second quarter where once Norman went to the bench, man, um, the game kind of got away from us. And then, you know, start to start to the um, to the third quarter, the house was just on fire, and the Bucks. I thought um, more than anything, that was a great shooting and offensive performance. That, yeah. I mean, to me – they were really good. And I, I did not think the Clippers played that bad. I just think they lost touch a little bit uh, at the um, mid-second quarter, early third quarter. But outside of that, I, I thought it was really good. Um, a lot to be encouraged about when it comes to Robert Covington and Norman Powell. Um, I think my biggest takeaway is when you look at uh, the Clippers, I guess, what was it, first 10 today, the first 10 players that played, uh, mm-hmm. They just got a lot of guys that need to see the floor, which kind of presents uh, a good problem. Um, but you a know, good perhaps problem. some guys, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guys that need to play. Um, it looks like, and you know, so um, perhaps uh, you know, there's there's more there's more cooking in in terms of moves. So, uh, but you no, know, I, I didn't think the Clippers played particularly a bad game. Um, I thought they were just hurt by uh, Norman Powell's foul trouble. He was great. And then uh, the Bucks, uh, more good Bucks than bad Clippers tonight. Uh, they were great. So um, yeah. hats off to the champs. Yeah, shout out. Shout out to the champs. UCLA's own Drew Holiday, who is one of my favorite players, um, had 27 points up there, 13 assists and two turnovers. He was fantastic. Man, I wish we had a guy like Drew Holiday. Giannis had a casual 28 and 10. Um, Pat Connaughton was one of those guys that was scorching from three. He went six for nine. Bobby Portis went four for five. They were clicking out there. So kudos to them. I think we kind of caught them on a hot night. And uh, that made the score uh, a little hard to cut into, uh, even though the Clippers did well cutting it to single digits at nine. Uh, Jag. Uh, I know you want to talk about Norman Powell. And I know you want to talk about these Clippers, but I know you want to talk about Norman Powell. Uh, the floor is yours. Uh, I mean, the seventh best debut scoring-wise in Clippers history, Norman Powell. And hmm. uh, as Jamal noted, those three fouls kind of took him, you know, took him out of the game early. Uh, you know, just a phenomenal performance. And it just – what he brings, that punch – just off the dribble, going downhill. He can spot up at any time. Um, we, 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 we don't have that right now. Mm-hmm. We don't have that. And he, he is the best clipper. And seeing Covington is very encouraging as well. I mean, let's, let's not forget. I mean, this is a guy that was basically, uh, you know, a part of that small ball Rockets team two years ago as they threw Capella to, to, the, to the Hawks and, mm-hmm. you know, then sought after by the Blazers. So this is a guy that, you know, I think a lot of teams, a lot of contenders would probably like to get their hands on. And he played some great defense in that comeback. I mean, they, they, they cut it to nine. Um, but again, like you're playing the defending champions. You're not going to be given, you know, 
you know, so many opportunities like they've had in the past to, to come back against bad teams and take advantage of it. And not to mention, as you guys said, like Milwaukee was unconscious. I mean, everyone was in double figures in that starting five and even Portis had more than 20 points, but just being able to see Powell do his thing in those limited minutes was outstanding. And I mean, even if Luke had a couple more shots to go down, who knows that they didn't play badly. They just ran into a deer that just stomped them. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it's for sure rough. Jamal, what, what were your vibes on these new guys now that we, now that we have them? I have nothing but positive things to say. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I haven't been the biggest uh, Rocco fan as of late. Um, I'm, I personally just felt like uh, it's more name than game uh, to me. Um, that being said, though, I, I, I do acknowledge uh, the utility that he brings. Um, he's a he's a lot to me, like a like a Nicholas Batum. Um, I thought he played well today, actually, um, and on both sides of the floor in terms of our comeback tonight too. Um, and I'm really yeah. looking forward. I'm really looking forward to Robert Covington in our in our um, system. Uh, Basically, what we did with Nicholas Batum, I honestly feel like Robert Covington can have a really good uh, Clipper tenure. I really do. And I, I think Norman Powell, man, I, I yeah, it, it's still, to me, shocking that we got him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think about the trade deadline coming up, and uh, I was just like, man, who could we get? And, like, the CJ McCollum thing was a pipe job. I didn't even entertain Norman Powell because I'm like, we can't get him. Yeah, they just signed you know him. I, mean? I, I thought he was a piece for them. I didn't even think about it, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. At <laughs> all, man. And yeah. so he's 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 so he's he's really good, man. Yeah. Um, off the dribble, spot ups. Uh, he provides uh rim pressure. Um, off the bounce. Um, and, and you saw it all on display tonight. Um, it just sucks that Kawhi and PG aren't here because I I I just can't wait to see those three on the floor um together um and yeah I, I really do think this is this is a big piece moving forward man uh for the clippers chances relative to winning a championship uh this if we if and when we do win a championship this is the move that's going to be like wow they really yeah. did that like they really went out and got who they needed to get and they got it right on the money and um i'm just anxious and looking forward to the rest of his clipper tenure um uh, and I'm just thrilled that we got a player like Norman. Yeah, legitimate, legitimate third guy when this team is totally yeah, absolutely. Um, let's take a quick break, maybe finish up talking about this game a bit, and then look ahead a little bit to what could be coming next after this. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, and we're back. So, I mean, I figure we can put a bow on this game a little bit. Um, we know a lot of guys were kind of off. The Clippers didn't shoot particularly well. They shot decently from three. They ended up shooting 18 for 46 from three, but 42% from the field. Um, you know, Marcus Morris had 20 and eight, but I want to say he was like four for five in the first quarter. <laughs> and, he, and, he went, and he went like three for 10 the rest of the way. So he had, he had, he had some nice stats out there, um, but I didn't necessarily feel his presence consistently. He was part of that, that squad that got a lead early. Um, everybody else kind of up and down the roster outside of really Norman and, and Covington uh, were, were a bit off. The Clippers were trying to funnel it a little bit to Zoo with a little bit of that size advantage. Probably not his strong suit, but they were getting some good, some bad uh, results early. I thought uh, the Bucks were paying a lot of attention to them. They're a notoriously good uh, defensive team in the paint. Um, but it was pretty, it was pretty slick kind of how they were defending the Clippers. So kudos to them, good game plan. And they were hot, you know, Marcus um, had a nice game today. We were talking about him a little bit off air and honestly, we might as well dive in a little bit. What are the Clippers? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. First, first off, Serge, Serge took the hard spot today. Let's note that. Let's note that. That's very important as we head to this deadline. I mean, they must be showcasing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I Serge is just so clearly the third best center on this team, and you know, then and why my, is he? Why is he? Why is he number two? Then and my, it might know? be, it might be the Bucks. You know, <laughs> you know, I feel like we've utilized Hart a little bit as a little bit more of a switchy defender versus a lot of teams where Serge is utilized a little bit more in the drop there, and so is Zoo, and we kind of wanted an interior presence, maybe a little bit more steadily against the Giannis team. Maybe that's a reason. May I mean, I, he could just be getting showcased because it's it, no Clipper fans would pick Serge or Serge Ibaka over Isaiah Hartenstein right now. You know, he's had some good stretches. Serge is as good as gone. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't... I. <laughs> I don't know, think that Serge Ibaka is going to be a Clipper in a week. Maybe I could be wrong and maybe he stays for some goodwill, but I just feel like it's a matter of time. I think we came, a lot of us came into the deadline. We talked about it a little bit on the trade deadline pod with you and you and Lucas Jag and a little bit on the Norman Powell pod. It, it feels like Serge is going to get dealt and Rocco coming in being another small ball center option is another thing here. I, I don't know if this is just showcase or goodwill, but I feel like his days are numbers. Am I wrong, Jamal? Like, am, am I being a little too aggressive on, on this take? I, I just feel like, and this three and this three center thing that we're doing in the first half, I just can't, yeah. I can't watch it anymore. I just, <laughs> can't do it. Uh, nah, I, I, I agree in regards to like, if I had to, if I had to make a guess, I, I don't, I don't think search is going to, remain on the Clippers beyond the deadline as well. Uh, but I, I don't think Serge has been, been bad. And I do believe that um, Serge, in my opinion, has shown himself to be a competent backup center. 
I, I really do believe that. I don't that's, think he's a backup center that's on fair. this team. That's is I, I don't want to say that he's washed because he he's not. He showed he showed some use and he's been good. Is his Hardenstein has become such an offensive right. fulcrum that it's hard to deny him at this point. Yeah. Yeah, because like there's no way Sir should be playing over Isaiah. Yeah. So my my thing is um in terms of roster depth. Uh, I think the third center is important. Um, we saw it in the playoffs last year, man. We needed DeMarcus Cousins mm-hmm. to get through certain quarters. Mm-hmm. And to, to have Serge as your third center, I think that's really good. I, I think you can – I think that that's uh, that can be beneficial. Um, I, I don't I don't want to see him playing over Isaiah anymore, though. That, that can't happen. And mm. the sooner we can get to either Serge being dealt or him solidifying that third center position, the better, because we need Isaiah on the floor, particularly in those stretches in which we're struggling to generate offense. Um, Isaiah uh, and his playmaking um, and running the offense through him is is how we get through those stretches sometimes. And um, we just didn't have enough of that out there because we're trying to play three centers. So, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think at this point um, – it's I'd be shocked if Serge is still a clipper after the deadline, but you know, we, we don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, we'll yeah, see. I, I want to make it clear. I don't think Serge is washed. He's just not as good as I said. He's, he, he's not but, washed. Yeah. I mean, Serge was a big part of the Laker win. So kudos to him. He, you know, the Lakers essentially switched everything a little bit uh, with, with Serge and Serge made him pay. So that was a big win and it could be a big win when the standings come up. I'll always remember Serge for that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, but but I, I'm ready to be, I'm, re- I'm done seeing him playing over Hardenstein. I'm done seeing the minute split in the first half and picking who's better. I, I just feel like Hardenstein is a better player and, and the, the team looks better with him on there. Most advanced metrics would back it up. I'm mostly using my eyes when, when I see him out there. I think he's he's just better. And Serge might have a little bit of an argument as far as, you know, his defensive instincts. I think that's a fair argument. I, I, but Serge can't move his feet anymore. It's a, it's a shame. Um, that's just how it is. And teams, he's not really stretching the floor because teams aren't honoring his shot. So I know he's shooting like 40% or something from three, but – Jag, I mean, you start. You got me started on this on this whole carousel here. I, I, I'm I'm guessing you're you're feeling similarly about Serge. Um, is there anything you wanted to add as far as Serge Ibaka goes? No, I mean, you know, I, I think Jamal hit it. You know, he he hasn't been playing badly, and he made the Lakers pay. Um, but I think we we all know, you know, Clipper analysts and Clipper fans would rather see uh hard out there but um i mean listen i i think i think he's gonna be gone and i think he'll 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 play a role on some contending team or you know go somewhere and get bought out and go to a contending team i hope it's not the lakers because they could use all the help that they can uh but i mean the the nets the the nets could use them the the warriors could use them um, you know, there, there are a lot of contenders that can use Serge Ibaka right now. Um, yeah. but you know, the question is, you know, what will he bring back? You know, he's probably not going to bring back much, but you know, are you willing to take on a, another year of Kemba Walker maybe 
<laughs> yeah, that's an interesting. You know, that's an interesting question. You know, the, the the Clippers have a need for a backup point guard right now. Um, there are a handful of you know teams out there that you know. Th- there's a lot of point guards in the NBA. There are a lot of point guards who are essentially backups, and you know, uh, have either not fit as a starter or getting less minutes or this and that. You know. Um, there, there are a lot of interesting guard options out there in a league that's kind of overridden with a lot of, you know, score type, uh, guards who aren't maybe elite shooters, et cetera, or like Kemba mm-hmm. can't play any defense. I'm still keeping an eye on Chris Dunn. Like we, me and Jamal mentioned on a pod before, I don't think he's a call up immediately, but I love what they're doing with him in Agua Caliente. Uh, and I'll keep an eye on them. I don't think he's an answer now, but he's going to be an interesting person to keep an eye on if his development continues right now. We need somebody. Kemba Walker is a person. Jamal, have you thought about people out there to fill this very real, you know, at least half a season role the Clippers need for just having somebody that can handle the ball, you know, consistently outside of Reggie Jackson, even just bring the ball up the floor? Because Powell, you know, nice to see Powell get downhill a bit. He had a nice pass to surge. I want to say like a wraparound. Uh, that was cool. Uh, but I don't think he's really a point guard point guard. The Clippers have talked about he's doing not, it. Yeah. The Clippers have talked about doing it by committee. Are there, are there anybody, is there anybody out there piquing your interest as far as a quick stop gap, even Kemba, you know? I mean, for me, not really. I haven't really thought about it outside of the names that have kind of um, been thrown around. Uh, Kemba, as you said, um, saw there was some interest in Dennis um, in yeah. Boston. Yeah. Um, even same, Will. Same, same contracts to Surgeon Dennis. Yeah, like, I, we we need one. We need one. Um, we do. Uh, I I just personally haven't really thought about it much, man. I, <laughs> I I'm not. I, look, I'm not. Kimba would be fine. Um, I just think we have more personal. I personally, I think we have more pressing needs than a backup point guard. I agree with that. Uh, but we we need it. We need we do need it. I don't I don't want to say we don't. Um, but. I think I guess any of those guys would suffice as a backup one. Um, yeah, like I, I just haven't given it much thought. Um, but yeah, we we have what seven days? Well, no, yeah. no, yeah, yeah, not seven days. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. 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 Yeah, twelve o'clock, oh, three o'clock Eastern. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll find out soon that, enough. But that's the thing. Like, do we think that they're going to make another like semi splash or? Do they go get a Kemba, get a uh, Corey Joseph? You know, you brought up Sato, um, guys like that, Schroeder. Do they do something like that? Or do they try to swing for someone out there, you know, that we're not expecting? Yeah, I want to talk about that. Let's take a quick break and talk about the Clippers chess pieces right now after this. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
All right, and we're back. Listen, sorry to everybody who, who like doesn't like trade deadline talk. We have like a few more days of it. And the Clippers made a big move. And they and you know what? When I looked at this roster, I'm going to talk a little bit about it right now because I think it's worth talking about. The Clippers are trying to set up for a title run, ideally. They have a lot of pieces right now. And when I look up and down this roster, just kind of personally looking at it, there's a lot of redundancies on this roster. We have Marcus Moore Sr., we have Nico Batum, and now we have Robert Covington. All very similar, kind of switchy, four-slash-small ball fives. Um, we get them shots in the corner. We've seen Marcus take so many in the corners, an elite sniper with the Clippers last year. Now he's been pressed into a little bit more of an offensive role on the elbow and some isos that none of us really love to see but kind of live with right now when the Clippers haven't had options. But... On a healthy Clipper team, he's primarily a sniper type with a little bit of juice on closeouts, which I appreciate, which he probably does still do better than Nico or Covington would do. But they're both ideally these versatile four slash fives that can you can use in a small ball situation when uh, Rudy Gobert is getting cooked. So those guys, we got three of them. And, and I think- and Amir, and Amir who can do that too. I don't know if Amir can so much handle a lot of the, the five role as those other well, guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's one of those switchy wing types, you know? And so, so and yeah. so is man. And so is man. I feel like Amir and man are, are, are not like three through five. They're like three, four, no. two, two through four, two through three, two through mostly. Yeah. And yeah. so those guys are another wings. Of course, Jamal coined wing stop, which I love, and I'm probably going to use for the foreseeable future. As far as all the wings the Clippers have, welcome to wing stop. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite place actually here in Glendale. So I don't mind using that. Uh, so we have, th- <laughs> we have those guys. We have Terrence who can't be traded because of his extension that was just recently penned. Somebody in the summer he could look to use. He's still one of our best point of attack defenders. No matter his indecision, you know, he can't be traded just yet. He's somebody who's a piece, but I, we can all at least watch how Terrence does the rest of the season. Luke Kennard is a really interesting trade piece to me now that we have Norman Powell. Because Norman Powell is essentially aggressive Luke Kennard to me. He's, he's, he's what, you know, the mentality we kind of wish Luke had without nearly the amount of bounce. You know, I think Norm even showed it today. And I don't really know enough about how well, you know, Norman can dribble into the paint, but he showed some of it today. And that was impressive. His ability to get to the mid range, which he's also elite at and get these little float shots and get to the paint. That was really nice to see. And he can shoot from anywhere. He's become a better shooter as his career has gone along. Maybe not quite elite, elite Luke Kennard level. I saw him move off the ball a bit today. He's just, he looked dynamite out there. It makes me wonder Luke Kennard right now, is playing great. One of maybe, you know, one of the best shooters in the league, undeniably, um, even, you know, percentages wise, you could even make an argument that Luke Kennard might be the best shooter in all of basketball right now. He's been that good. <sighs> the question I have for Luke Kennard and even the trio of Mar- Morris, Nico and Covington is the expendability of these players when we're thinking about a Clipper championship. Luke Kennard, we saw last year with a team full of shooters and full of guys who could shoot the ball. Luke Kennard was essentially a break glass if needed. If he's rolling, let him go 10, 15 minutes, see how he's doing, killer. This year, 
with all the injuries, he's been pressed into a little bit more touches. He's been more aggressive, much more easy to watch on defense. Kudos. I love it. I've been preaching Luke Kennard, you know, third or fourth place, sixth man of the year type of stuff for him. I love it. I think he's playing great. On a healthy Clipper team, what do you guys think of all these pieces, particularly guys like Kennard? with Powell, who we know will be getting 30 plus minutes and what to do about the trio of these very kind of similar four slash fives of Morris Covington and Nico. I, I think Nico is the best of all three to get, just get me straight. I know any of the contenders would give us a first round pick for him right now. What did he even think about it? He's that good. He could fit anywhere, but it, the whole idea of Covington being Nico insurance, blah, 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 is a thing if we're trying to get assets back for these guys. I'm kind of just throwing this out there because I feel like we have so many pieces out there. And I'm more moving this towards Marcus Morris, to be honest here, which is we tend to do in this podcast. Robert Flom is a regular here. And we do talk about Marcus Morris and his how we can move him. So, Jamal, let me, let me start with you and then I'll get Jags takes too. What do you think about these pieces and how the Clippers might be shopping them around or valuing them at this trade deadline? Because honestly, all I can think about is when we get everybody healthy, how these guys will fit. And I do have questions, particularly about Luke um, and just the fit of all three of these guys, those four or fives that we have, as far as how much we can use them. Um. I, I, I think uh, there is some redundancy, um, but I, I think that's uh, a little bit by design. Um, Lawrence Frank um, had a quote um, this week, and he said, like, uh, you can never have too many wings. And I, I think this the Clippers are just trying um, to get as many competent wings as they can um, and, and work from there. So I think there is some redundancy, but I, I think that's intentional. Um, I, I, I am not married to Marcus Morris at all. Um, I, I think Marcus Morris is really good. Um, I think on a championship caliber team, um, we wouldn't be asking him to do what we're asking him to do this season. Um, like last year, uh, he was like, you alluded to, he was a bit more of a sniper. Um, and he filled that role really well. He shot, he shot the ball crazy last year. He did. Um, and, and this year he's provided some utility as a scorer when he's been healthy. Um, I, I think we can get some good stuff from Marcus Morris for Marcus Morris. Um, which, which I did not think we could get at the beginning of the year because I thought, you know, he had a nice playoff run, but I feel like yeah. he might have boosted his stock, but he's an older guy on a longer contract. And I was worried that he was a neutral asset at best, even after up the playoffs with those sore knees in the beginning of the season didn't help him. So, yes. Sorry, Jamal. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Um, the, the thing with Marcus Morris is he's, he's what, 16 a game, five rebounds this year, um, and he's up to 38% on threes. Last year, he shot 47% on threes, right? Oh, so, boy. it's like, so shooters with size, just incredible value in the league. And Marcus Morris is a real 6'8". He, he can really fill it up, especially when he gets hot. His whole issue has been health. And if he's healthy, yeah, I, I can definitely see the Clippers getting a really good return for him. Um, there isn't as much of a need of what he does best when the Clippers are whole, though. And I think 
when you get a guy like Covington and you got a Batum when the Clippers are whole, um, yeah, you you can you can kind of see why Marcus Morris is a is kind of expendable. Um, I am personally a little bit concerned about the Clippers' health when it comes to those two guys, their top mm. talent. So mm-hmm. when you move off of Marcus Morris, uh, the return has to be like a um, like a uh, I don't know, like a maybe even a John Collins. Like you, you gotta oh, get something good. Oh, that's the dream. But that's a but that's, dream. that's that's also the utility of a mirror because when it comes to their top end talent, also not being you know healthy, especially with Kawhi and Paul George, Amir being this good can slot right into their minutes. That's been a nice thing about Amir coffee, even Terrence yeah. to an extent. Yeah. But now Amir being that another revelation, you know? Yeah. And it, it's, it's a matter of like, and that's why it was so big to me that we got Norman Powell. Mm-hmm. And I think Norman Powell makes Marcus Morris even a little bit more expensive because like, I just personally don't have much confidence in Kawhi and Paul George playing big, uh, big games, big, big, a big amount of games next season. And so guys that can get buckets, we do. And yeah. so if we have, so if you're going to, if you're going to move off of Marcus Morris, which, which I welcome, um, you just got to make sure you're getting somebody back that can like fill it up uh, yeah, at least yeah. to some extent. Now in terms of Luke Kennard, um, if, if, I, I'm a I'm a Luke fan. I am. Let me preface it by saying that. Me too. Me but, too. Um, I, yeah, I too. like he's yeah he can. I, I personally feel like the thing with Luke was uh, the off the dribble pick and roll stuff, and him being a little bit more dynamic uh, was kind of a hope. Um, and it's and he hard. hasn't <laughs> he hasn't been that as much, but like he's been yeah. really good. He's been really good. Yeah, yeah. He's lived up. He's lived up to his contract. Um, but if you're looking at it through the lens of what's what this roster is going to look like when we're actually competing for a championship, yeah, I mean, Luke, Luke isn't going to, like, play. Like, it's crazy. Um, I got in a debate on Twitter, I think, like, a few weeks ago mm-hmm. when I said, I said, if the Clippers are whole, Luke Kennard is, what, the seventh or eighth best player on the team? It's true. And, like, and, like bro, yeah. laugh, like, laughed at me. He laughed at me. I was like, wait a minute. Like, are we – did I say something wrong? Like he's, I, and I love Luke and it speaks to the depth of the Clippers. Like, you know what I mean? But he's not somebody that we just can't move off of. And you now you I mean? have he, Powell who does those things off the dribble and shoots. Right. Yeah. Right. He's, he's a 40% three point guy and he's better. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he's better. So um, yeah, I, I think when it comes to Marcus Morris and it comes to Luke Kennard, uh, this roster can look different in a few days. And those two guys are a big reason why. And I think the Clippers aren't married to them either. Like, I think I'm not going to say they're shopping them or anything like that, but uh, I think it's out there. Um, they're, they're looking to see what we can get for those two for sure. Yeah. Those are, those are those two pieces out there. Jag, I want to get a full take from you. Let's take, let's take another quick break and come right back. All right, we're back. Jag. So, uh, yeah, Marcus, Marcus particularly and Luke are, are the two guys I'm kind of looking at as possible trade bait guys. I love both of them. Uh, Marcus has been impressive in how he was able to bring down his role to being a sniper defensive guy. And uh, the thing that makes you reluctant with Marcus is he's already shown utility with the healthy Clippers and he's he still would. 
Um, that makes you reluctant. Rocco makes him feel a little expendable. Luke, I feel like there's a real conversation to be had with Luke here. Because while Luke has been on fire most of the year, of not pretty much all the year, um, I just find him, I just feel like he's not going to crack more than 15 minutes in the playoffs if we played with this roster tomorrow. And that's a problem for a guy, you know, 14 mil a year kind of guy um, who's earned his contract. I think elite shooting earns you that contract and he deserves it. He's, he's essentially JJ Redick for us out there with a little bit, little more bounce. Um, And I've loved that. That's what I wanted him to be. He's been better defensively. Good, good stuff. But I definitely feel like Powell coming in really makes the both of them being on this team, kind of an, an interesting prospect. How are you feeling about those two? We mentioned Collins. I, I know we've to off air talked about Collins being the, the dream. Throw the freaking farm at Collins if you could get him. If Atlanta gets blown up by the Mavericks on Wednesday or whenever they play them, boy, don't let them off the phone if they're thinking twice about, about Collins. I think it looks, I think it's a pipe dream. I thought Norm Powell was a pipe dream, but like, you know, maybe Collins could still be on there. I would do everything. I would trade Luke for a first and then flip that first 2028 first Luke, Serge, Marcus, everybody not named Kawhi and Paul George, but you know, he's still an asset. People I think are knocking for Luke Kennard, which is why I think he's an interesting person. Um, And you could even get even at minimum a first rounder for him and flip that. He is an interesting person on this team right now. <laughs> and this is the highest this trade value might ever, ever be. Ever be. Ever yeah. be as a Clipper. And you guys are, are correct. Yeah, I, I don't know where he's going to fit in the rotation next year. Uh, and where and, and how are you going to be able to move off that deal in the summer compared to the trade deadline? And I think that's one of the really interesting things about this trade deadline is like okay what can we do now like what we did with this norman powell deal after seeing the karis lavert deal go down and everything you know cleveland gave up and what the clippers were able to get a better player norman powell than karis lavert and give up less what what are they going to be able to do you know now compared to in the summer Mm-hmm. And, and what 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 opportunities are they going to have? And I think the Luke Kennard prospect and the Marcus Morris prospects are probably going to be higher now than compared in the summer. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, listen, we know Marcus's knees could go at any second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we all know that, and we know there is use for Marcus. Oh, and he when, had and he had well, a tor- he had a torrid stretch, and he calmed down quite a bit since that torrid month or so he had exa- when he first came back. Exactly, and. And we now know when you have Rocco, when you have Nico, he's expendable. I mean, he he's again in that that three to five range. Now we have three of those guys and three freaking centers. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, something's got to give. Uh, you know, with the Morris, with the Surge, and then getting back to Canard, you, you know, sell now. You gotta sell now. I just, I just don't know. Like, they were able to find a contract that a team that was kind of rebuilding wanted to get, get away from. And you know, who knows? We probably, like Jamal said, probably called about CJ. Who wouldn't? Uh, But you know, you're gonna have to look at those teams that either aren't gonna be willing to sign one of these guys to a long-term extension, 
um, or, uh, you know, a, a contract that might be a little too long for some of these teams that aren't, aren't, aren't going to do there. I mean, uh, John Collins is a dream. Is Terry Rozier possible? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just throwing names out there. Yeah. Uh, but um, that, but who knows what these guys are going to, you know, come up with. I mean, for all we know, we could end up staying pat, but I, I would expect, you know, Surge to at least move. But this is going to be the highest I think we see Luke stock and, you know, maybe the highest we see Morris stock because he's going to bleed in with, with Rocco and Batoon. Yeah. I think those guys are expendable. You know, I think if nothing was done and Kennard and Morris were kept, I think it would be fine, particularly for this season. I think a lot of Clipper fans, as they should, just have a little bit of a long view here um, as far as what we're going to do when all our guys come back, if that's this year or next year, you know, probably next year, really whole as far as everybody being very healthy and, and gel together. Um, even if Kawhi and George somehow did come back, which, you know, that's another topic. Um, but really, I think a lot of people are just looking, what does this team look like when everybody's healthy? I think Jamal is right. I mean, Luke is eighth, ninth best Clipper that goes to say about what the Clippers are. And he mentioned a lot of guys, a lot of guys are great. I like depth, but what you really matters, I think in the playoffs are your eight guys. If your eight guys are tight, eight, nine guys are really good and 12 guys are great. That's not going to help. You're not going to be doing hockey lineups in the playoffs. You know, it doesn't work. Um, you want to have a tight rotation. And now we have these guys who have a little bit of redundancies. We have time to figure it out because, you know, even, you know, this season, this season is the season. It's going to be a little bit experimental. We're going to see what works. But I think like you guys, like you mentioned, Jack, Luke's price tag right now, like teams are knocking for him as they should. And we just got Norman Powell who does yep. what Luke does and better. Like, that's just kind of how I feel about him. I've been pushing the agenda of Luke Kennard being this legitimate guy. Uh, even since we got him last year, I, I said that Luke Kennard was going to win us a playoff game when he was out of the rotation. I am very pro Luke Kennard. I love watching him play. I love watching these I love watching these guys off ball because when I used to play ball, he that's, almost what, did. that's what I used to do. What, what, what Jamal? Yeah, exactly. He he did pretty. I uh, mean, he swung game. a couple of games for us. And, and the Phoenix oh. game... The Phoenix game was a big one. I mean, the Utah game in Utah, Washington, game Washington, and uh, and the uh, there was a Mavericks game in Game Seven where he played a role. Yeah. I mean, he played his role. He did great, and I, I won't forget it. I'm a fan of his. I love these guys that move off ball shooters. It reminds me of when I used to play before my knees went out. <laughs> like the, these are yeah. these those are my guys. That's why I love watching JJ. But I just think that you got to think about your assets. And, and that's definitely something I'm going to be looking forward to over the next few days. The Luke Kennard rumors. <laughs> I hate, well, I hate trend season, but yeah. I do want to bring this up. Ty did admit uh, it, it's going to be tough figuring out the second unit point guard situation mm-hmm. in, in the post-game presser. Um, or figuring it out without, without a point a, guard. Point guard, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, and Luke and Luke needs a point guard. It, it would really help Luke specifically to have somebody who's can who keeps keeps an eye on the on not the primary action because Luke is just supposed to be running around and trying to get to spots. And if you have a guy like Norm Powell who's looking at the big man and trying to get a pick and roll going without seeing Luke in his periphery, you're gonna miss out on some Luke shots, and then he's gonna be 
he's not going to run around as much as he wants because he knows the guys that can get in the ball. So there's a, there's a big, you know, effect, you know, losing a guy like Bledsoe, who's still a point guard with Luke Kennard. Um, so that's important. That's definitely like not a small thing, but yeah, just things to think about. I don't want Clipper fans to get upset when they, if they hear Luke Kennard is in rumors, because I think he, it's not a bad idea to see what the market is for him and to listen to phone I think, calls. I, I, if, if I might add, I think, I agree. I don't think Clipper fans should be upset about it. And I think that's more of a testament um, to the Clippers and their organization, right? When you have right. players that other teams would love to have, that means you did your job by finding value. So yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's business. Yeah, it, it's it's just a bit of a business. And I, I'm excited for this team. The Norman Powell deal was like reinvigorating. I mean, we've all been on trade machines and looking at things. Don't worry, it's going to end soon. <laughs> that's all, that's <laughs> all I got to tell people. Uh, and I think that'll more or less do it for this episode. Do you guys have anything to mention uh, as far as things we might have missed on the game or just vibes on this team in general? Jag, we can start with you. No, I think, I mean, I think we're all just waiting to see how this pans out. You know, the stretch of games coming up that they're currently in is absolutely mm, brutal. Yeah, yeah. Grizzlies, uh, we, Dallas, we, Dallas. We really didn't mention that. Um, but I don't think that the team or the front office, that the front office is worried about this, this awful stretch compared to setting this team up to get into the playoffs and to set themselves up for a title run next year. Yeah. You know, uh, I've definitely become a little bit more lax on this season, just with our, with our injury situation. Um, you know, this, this stretch is going to be brutal. If the Clippers can get even one win in this Grizzlies, Dallas, Dallas Warriors, Suns, my goodness, uh, I would be grateful um, because these are, this is the, the, the topper, the, you know, the cream of the West, essentially the Mavericks are maybe in like a bit of a middle tier, but the Grizzlies are no joke. We, as we already know, they've been us a couple of times. Um, and the Mavericks have Luka Doncic, who, who I don't need to tell any Clipper fan about. And of course the Warriors and the Suns are the two best teams out West. So this is going to be a gauntlet. Um, I've definitely kind of kept a more long view uh, approach on the Clippers as far as what we're going to do, I, I'm excited about Norm Powell. I think we'll be a play-in team at minimum. So I think that's really cool too. Um, but I, I'm definitely keeping an eye on what this next title run is going to be, which I think is a, a healthy way to look at this team. I mean, whatever we get this season is kind of gravy. If, say, everybody does come back, it's gravy. Um, but let's just, uh, you know, keep keep the eyes on the prize. <laughs> Jamal, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we didn't really get into the, the schedule, um, but and the, my whole thing has always been like this whole year is just kind of like just keep playing, um, don't don't get too high or too low. Uh, I don't really look at. I mean, I, I obviously am knowledgeable about the schedule and and how hard it is, but like you know, that's why they play the games, man. Um, we've already won some games that. We probably shouldn't have won. So, you know, why not win some more, man? I, I, from a competitive standpoint, um, for sure, uh, you want to win as much as possible. Um, but you don't want to, I'm not going to take it like too serious. Like um, the next year is really the year that we're going to go for it again. And that should be the mindset, at least in the back of all of our minds. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, you know, they talked about it 
on TNT um, Thursday, not yeah, TNT Thursday uh, with Paul George. Uh, big day coming up on the 24th. And, right, um, right. Whether or not we're going to uh, see him again this year. Um, and that'll determine a lot about how this season goes. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is it's a lot to be excited about as a Clipper fan, man. Um, this stretch that's coming up is pretty daunting, but you just take it one game at a time. Um, and I think you said if we get one win in this stretch, um, uh, that'll be great. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I think we're gonna win too. Yeah, man, I love it. I think I think I think I think we'll find a way to win two of those games at least. And yeah, we just go from there, man. Um, it's a lot to be excited about. I tweeted during the game about how we just have a boatload of competent players. Like we have a lot of really solid players and that's a good problem to have. And unfortunately all we are missing is the top end talent. So uh, just continue to try and hold it down um, until uh, those guys get back and until then try and be um, and remain in the top eight. Uh, Cause I agree with you. I think we're going to be, um, in the play-in, um, I don't see us falling out of the play-in, uh, but I don't want to be in the ninth of the ninth. Uh, oh yeah, me neither. And have to yeah. win and have to win two. Yeah, I, I, I instantly then at that point um, become a little bit uh, frightened about our chances of even making the playoffs. And I, I, I mm. think, I think for the organization, um, I think it would be a really cool nod. Uh, for this group of Clippers to make the playoffs. I, I think that'd be a really cool accomplishment. And so as long as we stay in the top eight, I feel really good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, one game at a time and, and let's, let's keep moving forward. Yeah. Let's just stay close enough to the wolves. I think the wolves are, are already starting to run away a, a little bit. Yeah, man. I, um, I saw that earlier today. Yeah. Their schedule is really lightened up a lot. So it might be tough uh, to catch them, but as long as we can keep eight and above, is good vibes. Uh, no matter who comes back, who doesn't come back, it's all it's all good vibes. And that'll do it for this episode of the Lot the Jam the podcast. Leave us a nice five star rating review on whatever platform you listen to us on. Five stars really helps. Some nice words too. We'll read those on the air. And as always, go Clippers.